0: I'm Charlie Hipwood, CEO of Mass Ventures.
1: And I'm Stacy Swider, an investor at Mass Ventures. And we welcome you to the Fundable Founder, where we'll be exploring relevant topics for technology entrepreneurs to help them succeed in raising capital and in growing their
0: businesses. As a founder who started and ran three companies, I didn't know what I didn't know when I first set out. (laughs) But you eventually figured things out, right? For the most part, through trial and error and mentorship, but now as a VC, I'm frequently advising entrepreneurs on the same topics. So Stacey and I are here to share that earned wisdom with you, along with the experts that we interview on a variety of subjects.
1: We are. The roadmap to a successful startup is at your fingertips. So turn up the volume and grab the keys to success for your fundable founder journey.
0: Excellent. All right. I'm here today with Kent Summers. Kent and I uh, got to know each other. I had the pleasure of getting to know Kent uh, as we were both on the board of a company together and worked closely with that company for several years. Kent is chair of the board, I believe, and I was an observer. Uh, And I got to see firsthand how uh, Kent really brought, you know, decades of experience as an operator um, to really help this company. And so I thought it'd be a great idea to bring on Kent today, and we're going to talk about the first sales hire. Welcome, Kent.
1: Uh, thank you, Charlie. It's always good to speak with you.
0: Thank you, and and Kent, you know you're a experienced entrepreneur. I think you had four exits. Is that right?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did.
0: You've done everything as an operator. You've also uh, taught on faculty, I believe, um, to entrepreneurs and others, and you've uh, been on a variety of boards and just in general help entrepreneurs from idea through exit.
1: Yeah, no, I really enjoy um, helping uh, founders. Uh, you know, they say an expert is somebody that's uh, failed uh, at everything in a very narrow area, and mm-hmm. I succeeded in doing that over <laughs> my career. So I help I help people avoid the things, that, the, the mistakes that I made.
0: So one of the one of the, the critical success factors, and one of the mistakes that a lot of entrepreneurs make is related to the first sales hire. So that's what we're here to talk about today. So in your opinion, why is the first sales hire so critical?
1: It it obviously, you know, putting boots on the ground uh, to drive customer adoption is essential for scaling a company. And it's, it, it's a very critical decision. It's a scary decision uh, because the first time, you know, in, the experience as a founder, you find yourself having to let go of things that you ordinarily controlled. And it's, it's that letting go and training and trusting somebody else with your baby, which is uh, often a, a very frustrating and challenging experience. And I, I found that there's lots of reasons why that, that fails to meet, both the founder and the salesperson's expectations, but it's it's a really, really critical milestone in the growth of the company.
0: And in your estimation, the companies that you've gotten to know over the decades, how many, what percent of companies get the first sales hire right and come out of the gates just in a great relationship with that first sales hire?
1: 10%. 10, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm probably being generous. Yep. <laughs> um here you know when you think about you know what is the right time yep. you know in my growth to hire a first salesperson it's 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 really when you're convinced that you're solving a similar problem for different companies you know 6 to 10 paying customers where you've sort of figured out the recipe to revenue
0: okay
1: and you feel confident that you know while you know you're not hundred percent dialed in you feel pretty confident that there is a, a pattern here there's a recipe that you can you can follow uh, and that's your job to figure out your your product market fit, your target customer profile that's your job as a founder to figure out. So you you, you know you're ready to hire your first salesperson when you can say get me, hundred more customers just like these six or ten not help me figure out who my customers are right right um and 99 percent of the time in my experience charlie startups will fail to gain initial customer traction when the founder believes that hiring a professional salesperson will solve the that's right the sales dilemma
0: <laughs> and we see that all the time and so uh, I think that's tremendous advice uh, that you really need to have figured that piece out first before yes. you bring on the salesperson to go find a hundred more. I think that's. Yeah.
1: You, you do not want to hire a salesperson to watch the discovery channel. That'll be a very expensive decision.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay. So we've, I'm a founder. I've got my first six to eight paying customers. I think we figured out a little bit of the recipe here. I know I need to go out and find a sales person. What are the skills and experiences I should be looking for? And, and just how do I go about the process? And, and, you know, it, it's not easy to find a salesperson, is it?
1: Uh, no, no, it's not. And, you know, at best, even, you know, if you start sort of looking at resumes, uh, you know, at best, you got a, a 50-50 chance of, of hiring somebody uh, that's a good fit for your organization. And I think um, a lot of founders kind of uh, make the mistake of putting too much credence you know in a resume yep here sort of with the expectation that past sales success will translate directly to success in my company when in fact it's difficult to really know, what they did, what part of the sales funnel they own. It's a different offering, different market, different model. A lot of things are are very, very different. So, you know, when you think about hiring a salesperson, you know, I'm a big fan of hiring sort of DNA, sales DNA, because knowledge can be learned, but, but DNA cannot. So when I think about sort of the minimum skills and experience. I'm looking for somebody that's got a relevant technical background. Okay. Somebody that's been, you know, has had previous exposure to a sales environment, not necessarily, you know, owning a pipeline, but pre- previous exposure to it. But then I, I really shift to thinking about the DNA, the character, the integrity, the culture, right? They're process driven, they're methodical. They've got great verbal uh, and written communication skills, uh, attention to detail. They've got sort of an open growth mindset. You know, mm-hmm. they, don't, they don't walk in saying, you know, I'm a hammer, you're a nail kind of thing, but they understand and expect that there's a lot of learning and experimentation necessary to kind of figure out what's gonna make them successful Selling like you did. And of course, they've got, you know, high energy and they're very resilient. And the resilience is necessary to survive, you know, the learning process and the failures that are going to lead them to to sales success. But, you know, ultimately, you make a decision because they're not only meet that criteria, but they're a great cultural fit uh, and good chemistry with you and your team because you're going to be spending a lot of close time together.
0: And how critical is it, in your opinion, that they have real startup experience, where they where they were at the at the ground level of a of a, what is expected to be a high growth business?
1: I, I think that's really important. It's a great question, Trey. I think that's really important um, because sales in in a large company would would not survive on the sales floor of a startup, right? Um, because there is no floor right the skills and experience of the uh of a salesperson in a large company is very very different they've got lots of support Mm -hmm. you know around them they got people feeding them deals they got marketing people you know driving stuff and they're basically putting qualified deals in their lap Yep. Blah 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 it's a completely different experience than the startup experience where you have to be scrappy experimental you got to kind of have to figure it out on your own and, you know, people in a large organization, you know, they, they really, they may buckle at the knees under that type of um, uh, environment and experience and, and, and lack the the kind of uh, energy and experimentation necessary to be successful uh, when there isn't a pattern to follow. That's you right. basically have to make it up. You've got what little the founder has been able to build is it, a pattern, but... You know, you're you're going to challenge that. You're going to look at that. You're going to figure out. You know, everyone has different styles, right? You're going to figure out well, how can my style adapt to that market and that offering and that model and so forth. And, and you know, one of the reasons the the hire fails is the founder really underappreciates, um, you know, the knowledge and the experience the tactics that are specific to your market Mm in your product that dramatically increase the probability of sales success.
0: Right. So let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, It's one thing to go find the right fit, right? Or who you think is the right person to be your first sales hire. What about when you bring them on board? What do you need to do to ensure that they're gonna be successful?
1: Well, um, one of the most common Uh, blunders uh, with your first sales hires oh I made a salesperson Uh, let's let them go out there and do sales right right and you you might have the expectation that uh, because you hired a salesperson you get you get to do far less work in sales and now you can shift your attention to other matters like product and tech and your comfort zone you know is it is a technical founder Uh, when In reality, it's exactly the opposite. You not only have to continue working in sales, you have to work harder in sales. Mm -hmm. because not only do you need to continue working the pipeline and continuing to bring business in, now you've got an apprentice, right? right? And and you've got to train this apprentice and you've got to be glued at the hip for three months, four months, uh, however long is necessary until you both feel confident that this person gets it and they can go out there and hunt and forage successfully on your own. Right. Right. So you're working harder in sales when you make that sales higher, not less. And it may be that this person, given their experience or lack thereof, you know, maybe they are really good at some aspect of the sales cycle maybe they're really good at qualifying people, mm-hmm. maybe they're really good at developing the relationship and, and um, you know building uh, the value proposition and building the relationships in the account, but they may not necessarily be so good at closing or negotiating, right. that's still a great hire. If you can bring somebody in that can own 80% of the sales cycle and put highly qualified, really warm deals in your lap where it makes really, really good use of your time. That's a great hire.
0: Agreed, agreed. And you know, I see it all the time where, you know, you say that the, the founder has to be glued to the hip for you know four or six months with that first sales hire. I rarely see that, right? I, I, I see the opposite where they say, "Great, you're hired. Go go close some deals for us, right?" and and check back in in three months.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's a recipe for failure. Every time. Right. So if you want to fail, um, you know, let the person go out there on their own, and with the expectation that they're going to figure it out. You know, another way of fail uh, to fail as a startup is go go out and hire you know a successful salesperson at Oracle. Right. Right. If, if you want to drive a company off a cliff, you know, this is a person that while they may be very successful in sales, is you know they will find. The startup environment and challenges and things that they need to do tactically very, very foreign uh, to them and um, not very satisfying.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, and it can be challenging because you, you see that person who might come from a big company and they have a lot of contacts and you're looking and saying, this person has all the customers I want. They already know. How in the interview process do you qualify that this is actually the right person to be my salesperson what are are there any particular questions or things you hone in on i mean for me personally you just touched on a big piece of it is kind of you know what is your process and what what type of hires or might you need to make or you know kind of get to the the bones of how they're going to operate anything that you look for or ask when you're when you're trying to talk to that first salesperson sure
1: sure so so first of all i just ask straight up you know what part of the sales process are you good at versus yeah. where do you need su- support in the past and how how can i help you with that or are we do we have a gap here somehow that we need to fill but you know i like to get right in the trenches with with the sales interview and just ask people to share with me their experience selling and how they sell and who they sold to and what are some of the challenges that they've encountered? How do they overcome them? Where have they failed in the past? What did they learn from that? But yeah. I really, you know, there, there isn't, you know, th- there isn't an interview that a salesperson without on-the-ground operational field sales experience can survive in those types of questions. And I, I'm looking for somebody that is open and has some uh, humility. Right, uh, because it's it's a new situation, it's a new product, new market, new target customers, and they're going to have to learn. And you know, are they resilient? Do they get up after failures? Do they figure stuff out? Do they work with the team? Right. Um, a red flag for me is you know the you know the hero story, uh-huh. right, uh-huh. where you know somebody comes in and says yeah I did everything end to end and I I did it all myself and whatever. Uh, you know, you scale sales in a company by building a team around yep. sales. There's no such thing as a hero story in sales. So you're really looking for somebody that is, is you know, f- athletes are, 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 are great backgrounds, right, yep. for, for salespeople because they know how to work with a team. They depend upon a team. They've cut their teeth on losing. They know how to get up. Uh, they, they want to be coached. Uh, and they're competitive, right? Yep. So if you think about that sort of DNA, that's that's kind of what you're kind of what you're looking for.
0: Yeah. And they know the clock is ticking, right? You gotta oh, you yeah yeah. Gotta, <laughs>
1: yeah
0: You gotta yeah, do something did. before the time expires, right? And, and right, in, right, in right, the startup right. world, the clock, you know, you're burning cash and you gotta get something done. Uh so that you don't have to all of a sudden go raise a bridge round because you haven't been successful. So
1: yeah, no, that's a that's a great point.
0: Uh, any rules of thumb on kind of how long the process should take or how many people you should meet with?
1: Yeah, so I'd meet with as many people as you possibly can. And I would encourage you to include trusted advisors and mentors Mm -hmm. during the interview process to get other people's perspectives, right? Uh, Because people are always going to ask different sets of questions based upon their own experience how long? Well, you know, geez, you know, that's the, you know, uh, I've heard this referred to as the patient's paradox, mm-hmm. right? It's a really hard thing to do. You know, you, 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 you wake up every morning, three, four, six months into it, you know, with that Fisher bait, you know, cut bait, you know, in your head, right? And, you know, you have to think about, is this, first of all, you have to respect the sales cycle. Right. Right. How long does it take you to sell in your experience? You know, is your sales cycle three, four months, or is it nine, 15 months? You have to respect the sales cycle. And the kinds of things that you measure a salesperson's success on early on are very, very different than the success measures Of once they're up and running and Mm -hmm. and productive, right? You know, to the latter, that's very easy. Those are outcome measures, you know, sales performance, right? Revenue, number of customers, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's the easy part. The tough part is really measuring the leading indicators to sales performance. When you think about the number of meetings, the quality of discussions that they're having. The critical thinking and challenges that they're having and the conversations they're having with you and your team those are kind of the leading indicators so are they learning are they engaged are they making progress in those sort of leading indicators while they're building a pipeline right and are you having the right types of conversations around items in your in your pipeline Right. And are they taking ownership and accountability for things that aren't happening? Are they, you know, (laughs) pointing pointing fingers at, you know, others, you know, those kinds of things. But that's kind of how I like to think about that. Charlie. That's fantastic.
0: I mean, this has been filled with uh, great insights and I've learned a lot. Uh, We're just about out of time. I don't know if you have any final words of wisdom or anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't touch on. I mean, this has been filled with great info.
1: No, no, I appreciate it. Great questions. Um, It's a hard thing to do. Um, You know, get it done yourself. Build a platform that somebody else can grow your business on successfully. Uh, Don't don't hire too early. Hire slow. um, And don't be afraid to let people go if they're not meeting your needs. Right? Don't get gun shy. Um, I've seen founders go through... Two, three, four hires before they found you know mm-hmm. the right person that's mm-hmm. the best fit for the organization, and you know uh, you just have to be persistent and um, you know in, in that. But you get the right hire, um, then you can really start thinking about your attention to other things in the organization and you know building a, a sales you know organization at some point. But it's a hard thing to do. It's not easy. That's why. Uh, that's why uh, they call it Founder. Yes. Right? It's a hard thing to do. But thanks very much, Charlie. appreciate the opportunity. I always enjoy speaking with you.
0: Yeah, Kent, really appreciate you coming on today. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much. You got it. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fundable Founder. Please go to our website at mass pythonventures.com for more information on mass ventures and where you can also find other episodes just like
1: this.